Hello and welcome to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast produced by me, Fraser McGrew, for Aleph Insights. In this series of podcasts, we take a look at interesting topics and discuss what we think they tell us about analysis and decision making. I'm here with Chris Ragg, Nick Hare and Peter Coghill of Aleph Insights. And this week, we're discussing our predictions for the American presidential election. Okay, so just to frame this, um, as we're recording right now, uh, this is in late September, um, and what we're going to do is we're going to give our predictions now and attach a probability to them, and then we're going to combine that, we're going to do a session after the results have been announced, and look back on our predictions and talk about um, why we were right or wrong. Right? Sound about right? Yeah. Okay. I think to spice this up a bit, I think we should have some sort of prize, because I think I'm going to win this. Okay. Okay. So, just in the context of what winning or losing means here, yeah. Whoever has assigned the highest probability to the outcome that actually occurs, yeah. Right. So, for example, if I were to say I think you know Trump's going to win with a or, or Biden will win with ninety percent probability, I'm also assigning a ten percent probability to Trump winning. Okay. Yeah. So, so the, if Trump actually won, my score would be ten percent. Hmm. Get it? Hmm. So the person who had the highest probability of the outcome that actually occurs needs to get some sort of prize from the person who put the lowest probability on the outcome that actually occurs. Um, uh, What is that prize? A bottle of bourbon. I don't like bourbon. Well, it's a suitably American type prize, isn't it? Um, What else? Packet of Lucky Strikes. (laughs) A A MAGA A baseball. An apple pie. (laughs) I think actually, let's go back to the bourbon because there are different right. kinds of bourbon, right? And so, yeah. none just, of which will have any appeal to me whatsoever. But well, well, you're not going to win anyway. Give it to someone else. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 So you a can, friend. Yeah. Oh no, that's not going to work. Now we've gamified it, though. I'm I'm going to change yeah. my prediction accordingly. <laughs> <laughs> and what order do we do it in as well? Because clearly, then you've got yeah, it could be an anchoring. Yeah, there is no. Maybe, maybe we should write down a bit of paper. And- and yeah. just just the 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 probability. Yeah, well, has, yeah, I think that's what we did. Fraser will announce it. Yeah, then yeah, we can yeah, go yeah, into yeah, good. Yeah, I think. Do you know what? That's what we did four years ago as well. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Okay. So what I've got, I've got a bit of paper in front of me, and on it is written um, Trump forty percent, Biden sixty percent, and it's got Nick scrawled that's next my, to it. That's my forecast. Yeah. Okay. And I know who this funny little paper is. This is Chris's. <laughs> um, hold on. Spider I have to put my glasses on. Hold on. A hundred percent Biden. Okay. Good grief! See, that's where the gamification came in. I think. Well, that's yeah, where... but he's definitely going to lose if Trump wins. So yeah. that's not that's yes. you know. So so if he thought differently, yeah, then he he shouldn't have put that. And then we've got um, this is from Mr. Peter Coghill, Biden sixty percent, and I'm going to use my mathematical powers. Okay, so I reckon you've got Trump at about twenty percent. <laughs> no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but the, the remainder is like a big uh, legal process. But Fraser, what are you going to say? So I have got Fraser, hundred percent to zero, Trump. You've got a Trump Ooh. at hundred percent. So okay. I've got the exact opposite. Right. Yeah. So either versus, you are buying Chris, yeah. you'll be buying Chris yeah. a bourbon, yeah. or yeah. the other way round. And by the yeah. way, it is interesting that bet because the only reason I put hundred percent was precisely because of our bet. Yeah. No. Um, I, you, I, funnily you, enough, guess what my actual prediction was before we before it turned into a game. Was it? Trump before 60, or, or 60, it was 60-40 Biden yeah. right yeah. yeah but I, I mean I think Chris is just playing this game badly because you haven't worked out that you know if you don't think it's 100% um, then you are building in some probability but there's only a winner to... there's only a winner and a loser right and and so I don't to me I, I, 
actually I shouldn't I shouldn't have done this at all because I don't want the bourbon but <laughs> but, but I want the prestige of winning and I'll give it straight back to uh, uh, to Fraser when I win it for No him. give yeah. it to either Handle. me or Peter. Yeah so basically yeah. either me or, or Chris actually doing the game properly. Yeah. Me, <laughs> me or Chris are either the winner or the loser. We've got yeah. it right here, right? Okay so look let's let's go through this. So let's start with you know the the calmer heads amongst us. Um Peter tell us about your rationale for um what was it? Biden at sixty percent. Tell us about yeah, this. Yeah, so we're clearly. So I'll, t- I'll start with my sort of base rate, which working from current polls, Biden's way ahead, and the sort of swing states, the undecided states, he's he's got a pretty good chance in those. So if all else, without any without any further information, I would without any without any more information, I would pr- pr- probably put a higher probability on Biden. But. Uh, other things, like just just this weird Trump factor, you know, this 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 mm. fact that a lot of people were saying he's never going to win in 2016 and did. Um, this sort of so, this sort of silent uh, secret supporting Trump movements that are around that are really difficult to pin down, and the fact that just the American system makes it unlikely that you have a single tenure president just because they they control so much of the airtime, so much of the media, that mm. the undecideds who really aren't kind of swept up as much in the whole polarised by uh, hate Trump or love Trump kind of thing, might just see him as still a reasonable sort of candidate, very patriotic, etc., etc. So that's why I've had to moderate it much more to towards 50% and much more sort of uncertainty in there. Yeah. Um, and actually, everyone's gone for... So, I mean, Nick is the same as you, actually, and, and Chris would have been the same as you. Um, but let's go to Chris and, and your rationale. Yeah, so so my rationale really is that um, I think on the balance of probabilities, Biden is more likely to win. Uh, I, I was looking at sort of historical polling data for elections from from the sort of 1936 onwards and in most in most cases the polling accurately predicts the 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 outcome and if you look at september polling it's not as um it's not as accurate as as october and november polling but it generally predicts the the outcome um i think you know the 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 last time you had the race um, or the, the last presidential election, where the polling was wrong, it underestimated Trump by uh, I think three or four percent on 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 average. It, the 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 race was actually very close, and I can't I can't see that Trump has got more popular since then. I th- I think it's difficult to say that his his presidency will have won him popularity, um, and I don't think Biden. Will be as unpopular as um, as, Hillary. as as Hillary Clinton was, yeah. or as divisive as Hillary Clinton was. Mm. So I, I think, yeah, on on balance, Biden is more likely to to win. But obviously, you've got the po- the great uncertainty of of a, an election during lockdown and what the impact of postal voting will be, and so on and so forth. So there's, there's a lot of uncertainty. But in the context of of a competition, I thought, well. It's either win, win or lose. So, all in or all out. Uh, all yeah. in or all out. Right. And uh, and thankfully, Fraser went uh, uh, the other way. So. <laughs> um, actually, we'll just do me first before for yours, because I think yours will be more interesting than mine. Um, yeah, no, I just predicted that just for kicks, really. Um, I, I, have to go, I have no idea. I, I just do not know. So you're really 50-50? Yeah. I mean, yeah. frankly, I just don't know. Um, and just given what happened last time, it's just it's, it's just um, 
and yeah, and some of the uncertainties around that we talked about with the coronavirus lockdown, this mailing system, whether the um, vacancy of the um, uh, Supreme Court seat makes a difference, all these sort of things. And I, I must admit, I copped out and I just did the usual Fraser thing, just went, oh, I don't know, this is really complicated. But you played the game, though. Played I played the, the game. game I played the game. So that's why I went 100% because I wanted to win. Um, but yeah, so just for fun, I put Trump. Um, but I don't think I necessarily think that. I just don't know. Um, Nick, well, I did. I did a similar thing to Chris in that I actually, but I sort of actually plotted the um, lead in September in the mm. polls versus the eventual lead for the winner, right? And um, it's surprise. It is surprisingly accurate, actually, even in September. But with always with a narrowing. So uh, sorry, not always, but in on average with a narrowing. So if you have a ten point lead in September. On average, you'll have a seven-point lead in um, by the by the time of the election in terms of how it predicts the turnout. So it's yeah. actually a really good predictor. Um, it's only ever reversed once, um, and I think that was uh, Dewey um, Truman, and it's quite a famous example of really cocked-up polling. Uh, it, however, remember we're talking about the, the turn of the eventual vote, right? The popular yeah. vote. Now, mm. bear in mind that in only two of the Are last Are we talking three, about the popular vote? Yeah. In only two... No, well, well, no. I'm, what I'm saying is I'm forecasting the popular vote. Oh, right? okay. In, in only two of the three... In, in only one of the last three Republican victories... Has there actually been? They have they actually won the popular vote, oh, right? Wow. So obviously they are winning through the electoral, electoral yeah, college yeah. because America has this weird system. Yeah. Um, so so now, but um, Biden is about uh, seven points up at the moment. So on average, you're looking at four points come the come the day. And as Chris said, you know, in the last election, the de- the figures I've got here are Hillary was about three points ahead in um, in September and about one point eight points ahead on the night. So. You know, actually, pretty fitting the model pretty yeah. well. So, so, um, so you have you have you know a pretty good. I think he's got a very good chance of leading the popular vote. But the question is, by how much, and whether that's going to be enough to tip the you know what seems to be a kind of built-in advantage for the Republicans. And and um, actually, so the reasons why it might move towards Biden, so reasons why he might be favoured over the polls, why it might drift towards him is that there is a lot of very motivated anti-Trump people, I think, who are who are less motivated than you know, pro-Trump people on mm. average. Um, that the protests at the moment are what whatever they pro- they may be hardening p- people probably who are going to vote for Trump may not you know support them anyway, it may harden them a bit, but it will make him look a bit weak and a bit chaotic. Um, uh, the um, you know the, the Biden is a lot more popular with minorities than Clinton was. Mm. And and they are important in swing stakes, um, and uh, you know the the COVID handling, what second wave, you know, happening now, could well again weaken Trump's sort of uh, you know t- t- feeling that sense of control. However, and this goes to back to Peter's weird Trump factor, I I think even more so than last time, people are much less likely to tell you that they're going to vote for Trump because in the mainstream media, um, you know, he is uh, really anathema. Mm. So, and I don't know how big that effect is and I suspect it's quite big. So so uh, that's why I've gone down to 60. I mean, 538 who are really reliable are saying 77 Biden and I I just, I just my instinct, my gut says uh, it's going to be close and so that's why I'm going 60-40. Okay. Yeah. I mean, most, most polling has... Um, you know, for simulations based on the popular vote, um, looking at electoral college seats, has Biden up by 
like a, a hundred or more electoral college votes, and that, that just doesn't doesn't seem terribly terribly plausible. But. Well, I think I mean the point is it's very swingy because you know the whole election comes down to really a few swing states, and those states, um, you know, are close, and so actually you know that 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 it's like a kind of highly balanced set of scales where you just need to have a tiny bit of extra mm. weight on one side or the other and it'll entirely move mm. in that direction so um yeah i mean it's definitely the weirdness of the of the u.s system makes this h- harder to predict in a way yeah, yeah. now i was going to ask you indeed you know because that data that you you mentioned was pretty compelling with you know that sort of there's an average of three percentage points drop right um so therefore why just 60 40 but i think you've gone on to explain nicely why why you know the uncertainties there now yeah and and whatever happens we will look back and think what a moron i was why didn't i take this thing into account yeah but also yeah you'll go back and i mean look, uh, look here's a prediction neither you nor peter are going to win this our little mm. competition you, you yeah. but you're not going to lose go. it that's either the, that's the yeah. world the all the problems of the world in a nutshell one of you guys is going to be the big celebrity who said yeah. you were 100% sure and the people who were actually accurately assessing how uncertain they were we're going to we're going to be lost in the noise yeah with all the fame it brings you yeah yeah <laughs> crashing and burning in in glory yeah. or or covered in the glory, the victor's laurels one or the other yeah. yeah you're going to have to be whispering in one of our ears that we're <laughs> mortal um okay right well um see you in november Okay, so here we are. Now it's actually a, a, a few weeks after the election, and uh, we're now recording this remotely because of the new lockdown. So let's have a look at our predictions. Chris, I think, uh, if memory serves, you went all out for Trump. Is that right? Yeah, that's that's absolutely right, Fraser. Yes, of course. Um, yeah, no, I, um, I think you owe me a bottle of bourbon, I think uh, um, it's fair to say. Uh, but um, yeah, act- actually... You've, you've, there's no requirement. You can keep it because I don't drink it. All. But yeah, yeah. There's only half of it left. I see. Um, excellent. I like the way uh, he's got that to hand as well. He always yeah. keeps for podcast yeah. days. Yeah, yeah, ten o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I always have it ready. Yeah. He needs it to get through him. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. No. So as you'll recall, um, I I officially went for a hundred percent Biden. Uh, mm. But that was a feature. I, I, I just wanted to quickly revisit the way we we did those those um, those judgments. Yeah, because yeah. we we sort of set it up as a as a market, uh, mm. you know, where where you kind of backed it to the percentage that you you thought it was going to be the case. But actually, the competition turned out. We only made those rules up immediately before the podcast. But the competitions, it turned out, was really just a binary choice. Between mm. Biden and and Trump, and only two people could compete in that that choice. Uh, so mm. I I artificially inflated my my bid so that I knew mm. I would get the, the Biden ticket, even though I didn't actually think there, there was a hundred percent chance. Um, so I, ju- I just think that was that was a sort of interesting part of the um, of, of the mm. process. But having having done that, and then um, sort of you know been in this situation where I was the one holding the Biden ticket. Mm. Uh, I, I very much felt all in at that point. So psychologically, going through the election uh, or, or in the run up to the election, I was really quite, you know, quite sweaty palms kind of uh, what's what's going on. And, and this is why I never, never gamble, because it's uh, mm. uh, psychologically. Because you love it. Right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's why you don't gamble, especially you don't gamble over booze. 
No, no. Yeah. Dreadful. Okay, look, so so just to recap something you said there, and I think I did the same thing, which is you were favoring Biden, but because of the binary nature and because it was a, a winner-takes-all thing, um, you just thought, well, there's no point just going a bit Biden, let's go all in, which basically means you're either going to, our, our bet, you're either going to, Win it or lose it. Unlike these well, other yeah, sort so of, it was it was me versus you. Whereas yeah. people and Nick didn't have a didn't have a stake in the competition, so it wasn't like they now win sixty percent of the bourbon or right collectively. Yeah, they, yeah, they get nothing. So, but but that that aside, yeah, come, going through the um, the actual uh, uh, election when there were some sort of key moments where I was like really sweating it, and mm. one bizarrely was um, when Trump got got covid i am i am I immediately mm. my immediate thought was crikey that could have been biden right if biden got covid mm. it was it was game over you know trump would have definitely won the election or not you know but I, 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 and and then and then the other moment was uh when trump sort of emerges not dead from covid mm. i thought oh no you know more powerful than ever some say <laughs> well yeah that's right um I, I thought oh no now he's going to emerge as the, the hero and um then you had the the sort of the, the joe biden corruption kind of family son story that i thought again mm. could, could scupper things um uh, and then obviously the the election result dropped or, or rather the the you know highly contested uncertain election result dropped the next morning you know mm. and and at that point, I thought Trump has definitely definitely won this. So throughout, my psychology was at every turn, not oh, this looks you know, hooray, but Biden looks like he's going to win. I was always thinking uh, that Trump was was going to win because I'd backed backed Biden. Okay, Peter or Nick, um, can you talk us? Let's go through with yourself, Peter, first. Um, what, what do you want to add at this stage? I mean, thinking about what your predictions were and how you felt as things played out. Well, I, I didn't have any kind of psychological stress that Chris had because I completely forgotten we'd made any predictions uh, when the election was going on. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, sorry, Fraser, you're not that important to me, sorry. Um, but uh, Peter, can you recall what you might have said? Because it was back in September, I think. We did. Yeah, no, I, I, so I, I recall I was definitely hedging my bets and I think I predicted Biden 60% um, mm. likelihood. Um, and actually, I think the election played out a lot more certain than I thought it did, thought it would. Mm. Um, so I was imagining a much more kind of, two th- uh, you know, a 2000 election Gore versus Bush kind of election. I thought yeah. really, really down to the wire. I thought, you know, Florida might be the kind of key state again. I thought it'd be, I, I, so I was heavily anchored, I think, by that particular historical example. Um, yeah. uh, I definitely did not see Biden flipping Georgia. But as it was playing out over sort of the election night and the election morning, um, the, the morning after, it was I, it was quite clear to me that Biden was going to take it. Albeit there would be lots of contest, you know, legal co- contests afterwards, but it was quite clear that it was a, a, a fairly strong, as it ever gets in the, the U.S. these days, uh, victory for 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 Biden. Okay, okay. And Nick, what's your take on all this and how you felt? Well, I remember saying Biden 60, and I, I, I sort of feel like that was probably about right. Um, I, I, what I, I, one, th- one thing I remember doing was looking at the September polls and saying, okay, how much do the September polls tell us about who's going to win going back, you know, since the beginning of polling? And um, it turned out that nobody had ever been ahead in September and then lost the election. 
But mm. as Peter said, I recall uh, when we were recording the first part of this podcast, is the problem with Trump is it's all a bit weird anyway. And Trump weirdness can, you know, c- can overturn any any trend you, you want to look at. Yeah. And I think, uh, so I think, I mean, my view was that I, I thought the, tr- the polls were going to be skewed towards Trump more so than usual. Um, and I, I, th- I, you know, I kind of had this feeling that unless Biden was, it would be 50-50 unless Biden was really ahead in the polls, you know, it was really kind of seven, eight percent up. Now, um, uh, over the, if you look, if you kind of just do a really simple regression of the September polls and the outcome, um, you find that um, historically, you know, the, the winner stays the winner, but on average, the lead narrows by 30 percent in terms of the popular vote. Mm. Now, that doesn't even if so Biden being ahead in the popular vote, however, obviously doesn't get him uh, the election victory because of the you know US electoral system, yeah. weirdness, which we covered in a previous podcast. Um, now, uh, so so at the time, the polls were about 51, 43. He had about eight points in the bag. And that's why I was 60, 40, because. Um, you know, I didn't I, th- I sort of thought, well, that's only I reckon he's not out of the woods unless he's about eight percent up. Now, in fact, mm. the, the result was fifty one forty seven in the end. So the undecideds, you know, were were much more Trump type than uh, than than uh, Biden. So so the in the simple model, I was predicting a lead of six um, points in the popular mm. vote, but it, but it came out as four points, which if you if you kind of you know, factor in the Trump the Trump bias issue. Basically what I'm saying is it actually more or less exactly what I would have expected, but I, but, but, you know, I, I think, I think that the, uh, the noise and, and even though Peter is now seeing it as a bit more sewn on, I, mm. I think a few little things like what Chris is suggesting. And even a few little things on the night that we weren't to know, you know, could have, could have changed things. Even if it was, um, you know, just people's people's last minute decision making might have been affected by something. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was just going to say that um, retrospectively, because um, mm. before we'd begun the, uh, you know, before we went uh, on air, I had my sort of prediction. Uh, mm. And then, like I say, just a few minutes before we announced the rules of what the competition were going to going to be. Mm. Um, and so my assessment beforehand had been 60, 40. Uh, mm. Biden and I had all my you know lines of, of of argument about the polling and so on and so forth, mm. um, but then changed it for the purposes of the competition. But even yeah. that sixty forty, once I was at one hundred percent and I was the one who who was effectively backing backing Biden, um, mm. I, I feel like it it was much much closer. I, I I feel like it could have much more easily gone in in um, Trump's favor. I feel sixty forty kind of almost overcooks it a little bit. I, I think, yeah. you know, Bi- Biden was was the favorite, but, but you know, when I look back on events, it feels like very marginally to me. And, and So I think I've got a particular viewpoint here. Well, Fraser, um, you're our one diehard Trump supporter, aren't you? That's you're right. the 100% yeah. Trump man. So uh, how were you for experiencing the election? 
Well, I can, I, yeah, I can talk you through that because I think as it stands, as, as we've talked about this so far, I look like the big loser here. More right? so than usual. Because I went all in for Trump. Have you donated to the Trump legal campaign yet? <laughs> not yet, not yet. Okay. But, um, <laughs> you send them half a bottle of bourbon. Yeah, but here's the thing. As you know, I am something of a student of the cognitive engineering way of, of thinking, of analyzing, right? Yeah. Not the, not the best student, but you are a student. Well, he, well, he, I he studies it and then ignores everything that he's studied. And just well, here's the, thing. here's the thing. So when we did that last one, it was just ahead of, I think it was the first uh, presidential debate. Um, and I thought, you know what? These Aleph boys, they know what they're talking about. Okay. And so many times in the past, you know, I've learned, you know, um, from the wisdom that, you know, the pearls that you've, that you have cast before me. And so I thought, right, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put my money where my mouth is because I had been saving up, um, for, I wanted to buy a, a double bass. Okay. And a banjo. Cause I'm about to learn those instruments, right. Which is a fairly substantial amount of money. And I thought I'm going to bet on this. Okay, the way you had talked it through, and you were talking about how um, comparing to Hillary and the lead, and how much that tends to get eroded a little bit before the um, actual election, it to me, I was convinced by what you had said. It seemed to make sense, and so yeah, so I went to a betting exchange and had a look at the odds on there. They have them in a decimal form, um, which and I think Biden was uh, 1.7 to win. Okay. So let's say um, you put on one pound, you'll get 70 pence back. Really? In addition. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. In addition to your one pound that you've put on. Yeah, and so it's I, not far off 60, 40. Yeah, it's about that. And so I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll put some money on this. Um, and I thought, well, if I put 100 quid on, I'll get, um, you know, 70 quid back. That's not really worth it. Um, and so I thought, sod it. So because I've saved up all this money, I put a thousand pounds on this, right? So I put a thousand pounds. And now, just to be clear, I think the most I've ever bet in my life before is like a fiver on the Grand National. This is hugely exciting. Yeah. It's definitely so, true and not just made up. It's definitely true. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. And so, and so. Um, and, and your yeah, gambling but, habit has taken off and that's yeah. how you're, that's why you're now wearing a scarf because you've got more <laughs> <in your life. laughs> That's right. So, and so as you, so, so and I thought I need to do this for the first debate because I thought um, Biden would really wipe the floor with Trump and he didn't. But Trump, if you remember, did that sort of whole tantrum sort of thing and just outraged everyone. And sure enough, the odds um, on a, on a, on a, on, on a Biden win um, shortened. And so I put my money in at the right time in a, in a way, maybe months before it'd been better. Anyway, so all the time, my behavior in, I think there was still like about two weeks, three weeks to go. And so every day, about once an hour, I was checking my uh, the app on my phone, to see where the odds were going. And actually they were weird because they were just going all over the place. And apparently in elections, they just tend to lengthen, 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 or shorten, 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 but they were just going up and down all over the place. Um, but it was all rather exciting. And then, but they were gradually shortening on a Biden win. And then the night of the election itself, I wasn't going to stay up all night. But I do remember waking up in the middle of the night and just seeing that, um, you know, these talks of a Democrat um, whitewash were just absolutely not the case. And I think at um, about five in the morning when I checked, because um, here's the thing, you can cash out at any time you want on this. So in the run up, I could have cashed out and sort of got myself 100 quid, let's say, or 200 quid or something. But suddenly in the middle of that night, I was like 500 quid down if I wanted to cash out. Wow. Um, yeah. And so um, a lesser person that, that without... would have been the time to pile more cash in, in theory. And so some people did, actually. Mm. Yeah. Um, and so I saw that at about... So I was about 500 quid down, as it were. 
um, at five in the morning. I went off and did, did my swimming um, and I came back. And by the time I came back, it was about maybe a hundred quid down. And I thought, oh, hello. So you made 400 quid during your swim. I did. The massive value. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, as you can imagine, I was avidly watching it through the morning. Um, and then it gradually, gradually got to where it looked like, you know, Trump wasn't going to do it. And so it was um, getting into I could cash out of 500 quid, for example. Um, and so, yes, yeah, so that's what happened. However, so did you did you cash out at the you what? You, I mean, you basically won the bet. Have you been paid yet? But here's the thing. Here's the thing. What's bloody annoying is because of, of I think it's not necessarily because Trump has has not conceded, but it, I guess it's partly because of that, because it's still officially not been called yet. Every time I check my app and I check this morning, it's still saying that it's in play. OK, is it sort of currently worth sort of one, you know, one seven, six hundred ninety nine pounds or something? Right. It is. Yeah. So it is pretty much about that. It's worth about six hundred and sixty odd quid. And I just feel known. I'm I'm. I'm, I've got in this this far. I've gone this far. I'm going to go all the way. Yeah, and so you. I'm going to wait, even if it takes to bloody January, to get my 770 quid, which I've sweated bullets over. Um, well, that's great. I feel really pleased for you. And uh, and I'm glad that we, you know, aren't liable for some thousand pound <laughs> loss that you've made. So, uh, you know, that's great. But this is the thing, because in the morning uh, or even in the middle of the night, I was there going, bloody Aleph Insights. They said this is going to be clear cut. And yeah, no, I was going to write to my lawyer, get them to sue you. And, you know, yeah. It's it's not, it isn't the case uh, that the market knows best for these kinds of things, you know. Uh, I mean, the market for, um, uh, the market for, for kind of political events is very heavily driven by you know people's assessments and narratives and judgments and they can be skewed and mm. uh, and, and so i think you know it is right to at least start with the statistical approach and, mm. and 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 then you know make a comparison with uh you know with what the odds are showing and you can you know you can be you can be better than the market but the point is that there isn't the volume of those kinds of events to make a living out of it but um uh, but yeah, no, that's really good. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting what you said about the odds fluctuating wildly because that's, um, I mean, one of the problems, one of the things that the Good Judgment Project identified as sort of characteristics of good forecasters is that they tend not to be, they tend to adjust when news comes in, but they don't over adjust. Mm. Whereas yeah. a lot of people are like driven by what what just happened yesterday. Um, mm. You should, you know, put that in a context of the longer term picture um so so yeah yeah it sounds like you you yeah there could, could have been money to made to be made on the night as well but um, yeah no absolutely yeah. but uh, i think the the uh yeah th thinking about the um uh you, you know that question what does it tell us about how good people are forecasting um mm. obviously that's can you use a single forecast to tell you that and um there are approaches to scoring for you know forecasting ability so things that the one of the standard ones is the briar score um which you can think about as kind of scoring you on a number of things which are your reliability which is sort of how closely your forecasts tend to match the observed frequency of things so if you take all the things where you said they were 80 percent likely has 80 to 80 percent of them happen obviously you'd want that to be the case then you have resolution which is how close your forecasts are to uh, zero or one, sometimes called discrimination, and then there's uh, a sort of adjustment for uncertainty, essentially, which is uh, um, to do with you know how variable the thing you're looking at is. So, for example, if if there's something that only happens one percent of the time, um, you, then you know that that's you're not going to get as many points for saying it isn't going to happen so broadly. But yeah. actually, you know, proper if you take a sort of proper Bayesian approach to doing this. Um, 
you you could you can actually just look at obviously so using that approach the bryce score approach you need quite a large corpus of forecasts to be able to find out how good someone is but you but you can you can use a single forecast to be quite informative and and, and you know at the moment it looks like you and chris are the the most the best forecasters in the room on the strength of if we knew nothing else about your forecasting behavior you guys would come out top chris we would rate as uh, obviously sort of a, a better forecaster because his his forecast was 100 percent and it came true so you now you uh, the next piece of data might dramatically change that but you might turn out to be still useful and informative, but the exact other way around. So you might just be like someone who's, you know, everything they, they predict, the opposite happens. But someone like that would actually be really useful. Someone who's reliably wrong would be as useful as someone who's reliably right. You know, from I, a, information I thought there was going to be a compliment in there somewhere, but no. Um, <laughs> well, as I say, I think we'll have to, we'll have to, we'll have to run it, wait for the next one. Before yeah, we yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so before we wind up, anything anyone want to say? Well, just uh, well, just building on Nick's point that it's lucky that we're Bayesians because if we're a frequentist to get a statistically significant indication of uh, of uh, accuracy, we'd need several hundred or thousand elections, and I just haven't got time for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, all I can say is, you know, welcome to the world, super forecaster Fraser. Um, yeah. Um, well, and 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 so I'll, I'll post this uh, bottle of uh, Jack Daniels, of finest bourbon, to you, Chris. Wipe the spittle off it first, and then. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll wrap up there. Thank you, as always, for listening to the Cognitive Engineering Podcast. I'm Fraser McGrew. We've been here with Chris Fragg, Nick Hare, and Peter Coggle of Aleph Insights. Until next time, goodbye. Mm-hmm.